Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Well, good morning, Calvary. Hey, so glad to see you. I want to welcome those of you here in Auditorium 1. It's so good to see so many of you. Welcome those of you in Auditorium 2 as well, as well as those that may be joining us online today. Maybe you're watching by way of television or you're joining us through the podcast. We are so glad that you are with us today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6 is where we'll be today. And uh, as you're turning there, this, this probably hasn't happened to you, but it happens to me. You ever had those moments where you go, I just don't know what to do? Anybody? <laughs> where you have those times you're just like, I got a choice to make. I got a decision I have to come up with. I got to figure out what to do here. And you have to ask the question, I just don't know what to do. Maybe it's about your work situation. And you're confronted with something on the job and you're just like, I'm not not sure what the right thing to do here is. Maybe it's in your health. And you or someone you love has treatment options ahead of them. And you're trying to make a decision. Maybe it's a relational decision. Maybe you're wondering, is this friendship a healthy one? Is this relationship a good one? Like you're making these decisions in your life. Maybe relationally it's a spot where you've been wronged. Maybe, maybe you can just clearly point back and show where someone has treated you in a way that was not appropriate and you have to decide, what do I do with this? How do I move forward? Do I seek retaliation? Do I just let go? What do I do? I mean, these life decisions come our way all the time. Where, where am I gonna go to school? What mate am I going to choose? is now the time for retirement. Everything from how do we answer this question from a teenager to how do we take care of an aging parent. We have all these things in between that come with these decisions, these choices. Some of them are decisions that we make over and over again and we just need God's insight. And then it seems like you you make these decisions, you get to a point and then all of a sudden it's a new decision you never had to make before. Have you ever been there? You think I got it figured out and then you realize I don't know a thing. And they're not always all bad things either, right? Sometimes you've got two roads in front of you, two doors you can go through, and both are equally, it seems like, these are both great options. How do I know what to say no to? And in all those moments, what we need is something that goes beyond what we have, and we come to these points and we say, I just don't know what to do. In those moments, what we need is wisdom. Do we not? Last week, we started this new series called A New Season, and what we're really trying to do in this series is just kind of practically look at the ways that the Holy Spirit helps us in our everyday lives. Sometimes we have this tendency to think that the Holy Spirit is this it that is out there just kind of, just kind of out there around us, when the Holy Spirit is a person. He's God. And Jesus said that the Holy Spirit has come to literally come alongside of us, to be with us, to live life with us. And I think sometimes we forget that and we need God's help to remember this. So so we're walking through this, this series and the kind of the idea that runs through this whole thing is this, that new seasons emerge from fresh encounters with the Holy Spirit. And in these times when we need something new from the Lord, in these moments where we need God's help, that these new seasons in our lives emerge from fresh encounters with the Holy Spirit. So, so what we're gonna do each week is, and we'll, we'll unpack this in a, in a bigger framework as we move along through this series, but we're gonna pray a prayer together that we're kind of building week by week that will help us to set our sights on asking the Holy Spirit to bring new seasons 
of his presence and of his purpose, of his, of his influence into our lives. And we, we started this last week. Here's the prayer that we started with last week. We prayed, Heavenly Father, in this new season, may your Holy Spirit bring to me courage for my calling. That God would bring to us the courage, the boldness, the, the strength we need to do the things that he's called us to do. So that was the prayer we prayed last week. One of the things we've added each week for this series is kind of a, a verse that we're encouraging you to memorize, kind of a memory verse from back in Sunday school. Remember those days? And so the scripture that we looked at last week to memorize for this past week was Joshua chapter one, verse nine. It reads, have I, well, you memorized it. Read it with me, all right? Here we go. <laughs> have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Okay, now turn to your neighbor, close your eyes, and say it. You ready? One, two. <laughs> nah, we're not doing that. Just kidding. Just kidding. But here's our prayer for this week. This is the, the next step for us as we kind of ask for a new season in our lives. Today we're gonna pray this. Heavenly Father, in this new season, may your Holy Spirit bring to me wisdom for leadership. Wisdom for leadership. Now there's a reason why we, we frame it in this way. We're, we're asking for wisdom for leadership. As we move through Acts chapter six, the first seven verses there today, it's gonna to make more sense why we're saying it in this way. But let's talk about for a moment, why wisdom for leadership? Well, wisdom is something that God brings to us in moments when we need it. And we've already talked about some, some different things. Like when we ran through that list of stuff at the beginning of the sermon, there were some places where you went, so, somebody's been listening to my conversations. <laughs> like, like how do they know that those are the things that are in my mind? that I'm thinking about. Some of us just know we need wisdom. But why do we say wisdom for leadership? Because for some of us, you go, well, I'm, I'm not a leader. Like, like I don't have a, a role or a title. I, I don't have any place where, where I get to tell people what to do or they look to me for information or anything. I, I, I'm not a leader in any way. And you might think you're not a leader, but I think Jesus would argue with you. The reality is I think that in some way or another, especially if we, we look at that idea of our calling that we talked about last week, God has put you in a position of leadership. What, what do we mean? Well, do you remember the passage in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says that we are called to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world? Do you remember that part? Why does he use those images? Because salt seasons and light brings uh, 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 light, right? And that way we call it light. Yeah, so, so light brings light. It pushes out darkness. If you have salt, if you have light, it influences that situation. It changes that situation. And what is leadership? Well, ultimately, leadership is influence. It's stepping in and bringing change, bringing enlightenment, influencing other people. Leadership is influence, and Jesus has called us to influence by being salt and light. So don't you think Jesus thinks you're a leader? <laughs> like in your family, in your relationships, in the places where you find yourself, and we'll see this more in this story we're gonna look at, wherever you are, he's called you to a role of influence, and he'll give you the wisdom you need for that place. So, so that brings us to Acts chapter six. Acts chapter six, let's make a bridge from where we were last week to where we are this week. When we wrapped up last week, remember the disciples had been persecuted, so they came together, they had a prayer meeting. When they prayed, the Holy Spirit filled them. It says the place was shaken, and at the end, they had this boldness that they didn't have before. They had this strength, they had this courage to go out and do what he called them to do, 
but it doesn't immediately get better, right? (laughs) Because what you see in this story is not only does the church continue to grow, but then they have this, this story in Acts chapter five about Ananias and Sapphira. If you're not familiar, they're husband and wife, and they, they decide that they're gonna, it's, I'll let you read the story for yourself, but long story short, Peter says that they lie to the Holy Spirit, and they do it separately. First it's Ananias, then it's Sapphira. And when Ananias shows up and tells the lie, he gets struck dead there in church. It says that the young men in the church carried their bodies out to bury them. There's a service project for the youth group, isn't it? Then Sapphira comes in, same lie, same result. She gets struck dead. Word gets out. There's a church growth strategy if I've ever seen one. And yet the church grew. Like there was something that continued to happen. There was more persecution. There's a story about prison and a miraculous escape in Acts chapter five. Like if you've not read Acts chapters four and five, you should go and read it. Like the church, the growth, it's up and to the right. Like it's crazy what's going on. And yet in the middle of this, they're still facing these challenges and opposition, even as God's giving them increase, which brings us to Acts chapter six, verse one. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, The Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the 12 gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. And we will turn this responsibility over to them and we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group, so they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them, so the word of God spread, the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Here you have this story that if we're not careful in Acts chapter six, we'll be quick to just kind of read past because we think they just had a church business meeting when actually there was a whole lot more going on here. In the next few moments, I wanna share with you from this passage three observations about wisdom for leadership. We're gonna look at this and make three observations about wisdom for leadership. To do that, we're going to go back to Acts chapter 6, verse 1. Let, let's start with that passage and see what we read. It says, In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews, those are all the Jews named Helen. That's what that means, okay? <laughs> Not what it means. What's Hellenistic? It means they have a Greek background. So they probably weren't born and raised there in Jerusalem. They probably weren't natives to Israel. They probably came from somewhere else in the Roman Empire. Their first language probably wasn't the Hebraic language of that spot. It was probably the Greek language. They probably had an accent. They were probably a little bit different. They maybe even dressed a little bit differently. You have a cultural divide in the church that's set up by both geography and even in a racial way, right? So you've got the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews. Those are the locals, the natives, the, the original Hebrew speakers, it's their hometown. So there was this tension where the he- Hellenistic Jews complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked 
in the daily distribution of food. This is one of those passages that you can skate right by and go, I don't understand what's going on there. I'll keep reading till we can get to either miracles or demons or shipwrecks or something like that in the book of Acts. Don't skip it because you can relate to this whether you realize it or not. What you have in this passage is this Greek versus Hebrew tension that's there. You have people who are complaining about things. Have you ever had people who complain about things in your life? You've got people with limited resources. You've got issues of race, politics, and welfare. Sound familiar? (laughs) In this passage, you've got people who are being wronged. You've got all these little annoyances that show up even in the life of the church. Even when it feels like everything's going great, you've got these little challenges they're trying to deal with. You've got these distractions that keep them from the things that they really want to do. And you've just got people who just aren't getting along. Can you relate to that? So this passage applies to your life and my life. We can relate to this. And why is this important? Because you can read this and just think, oh, it's just a little squabble in the church. But you think about this. There's one church at this point. It's just the church in Jerusalem. And if they don't get this right, there's a good chance that there's a split in the church between the Greeks and the Hebrews. And if there's a split, there's a good chance that this small little beginning church could fall apart. And if this church falls apart, then the gospel never goes beyond just some obscure Jewish sect in Jerusalem. Instead, they get this right, and the gospel goes out to the whole world. Do you think this passage matters? Like what happens here is key because I want you to see this. First, first observation, number one, opposition creates opportunity. When you face some kind of opposition in your life, when you face an issue, when you have a difficulty, when there's some kind of tension, we can have a tendency to just push back on those things. And in those moments, we truly need wisdom because opposition creates opportunity. We can walk through this from a different uh, points of view. I, I want to throw out a couple of thoughts kind of based on that first verse and show you some things. Here, here's the first one, that just because something is bad does not mean that everything is bad. Just because something is bad, just because something's not right, just because there's something that seems to be wrong, it doesn't mean that everything is wrong. We can have a tendency to think at times that if things aren't going just the way we want them to, that actually the whole world is falling apart. And that's just not true. Think of this story. They're dealing with this very real issue in the church, but everything's going so well in spite of external persecution, in spite of the judgment that came to Ananias and Sapphira, in spite of the the conflict that's happening internally in the church, the church is growing, and if they're not careful, they'll let this little squabble take all of their attention and feel like the whole world is falling apart. And just because there's something that's not right, just because there's something that's bad in your life, it does not mean that everything is falling apart. And sometimes when you're in the midst of that opposition, that conflict, that stress, it's good to be reminded of that. There's, a, there's an old, old story. You've, you've probably heard it at some point of the grandfather who decided to take a nap. So grandpa's on the couch, he's getting a little nap and grandpa's trademark was he had this big bushy white mustache. He'd had it for years, so he had this big white mustache. So he's sleeping, he's taking a nap on the couch, and two of his little grandsons were over at the house, and they decided it would be funny if they would go to the refrigerator and get some Limburger cheese. Have you ever smelled Limburger cheese? 
And they just, they went, and while grandpa was sound asleep, they rubbed it on his mustache. So grandpa wakes up, and he kind of sits up on the couch, and he goes, something, something stinks in here. So he walks out into the kitchen, and he goes, something, something stinks in here too. He starts walking down the hallway, and he's like, man, this whole house stinks. And he opens the front door, he goes out on the porch, and he goes, the whole world stinks. Was it the whole world? Nah, it was just right what was under his nose. Sometimes we let those little things in our lives cause us to think that the whole world is falling apart. And when we buy into that, we miss out on the fact that it could be right through the moment of stress or tension or opposition that you're facing that God wants to create an opportunity for you, which is exactly what happens in this story. Look, if you're in a tough season, Instead of just checking out and saying, my whole world's falling apart, what, what if you said, God, what are you trying to do here? Which is based, I think, on a, on a principle that you see all throughout scripture. It's really in this story. Did you notice, and if you go back and read chapter four, read chapter five, it says over and over again that the number of people who were believing in Jesus was growing. In fact, the word that they use is that the disciples were increasing. And with every level of increase, they faced new challenges. Here's the reason why. Increase comes with issues. <laughs> like if you want increase in your life, and I think most of us do, God, give me something more. God, entrust your, 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 your best to me. Lord, I ask you to bless me. Just be aware of the fact that increase comes with issues. And when God gives you more, <laughs> you will often be given more. And more comes with it. Let me give you just a really practical example. When Ron and I were first married, we were still students Central Bible College, and we lived on the college campus in this little mobile home park that they had, and we lived in a little mobile home that was 12 by 50. <laughs> 12 feet wide, 50 feet long. Think about just how big that is and how difficult that must have been for her. <laughs> Best years of her life, just stuck in that little tin can with me, right? And then we found out we were expecting Clayton. And we were like, oh, wait a minute. Like, this isn't, this isn't gonna work. So about that time I got a different job and we moved to a different city and we got an apartment that now we were able to house this new little life that was coming. What a blessing, cost us more money. It was a lot of work, but we were blessed. And then with Carissa, when Carissa was coming, then we got a townhouse. We, we had an extra, now another bedroom. We had some more space. And, and then eventually we were like, well, this is, a, we're gonna need even more space to think our family will grow. So then we bought a house. We're not renting anymore. Now we buy a house. And then eventually Evan shows up. And so now there's, he didn't just show up. Like we knew he was coming <laughs> and all that kind of thing. He wasn't just like, hey guys, I'm here. But you know what I mean? Like, so Evan shows up. Now we've got three kids. We didn't really have a backyard and, and just this long story, but we're like, hey, you know what? Now we need, we need another bathroom like all this kind of stuff. So then we, we bought another house and it was interesting that I wouldn't trade a moment of any of that. Like the way our family grew and developed, every time God increased us, it was a blessing. But guess what? When we lived in the apartment, who did we call when something was wrong? I didn't have to worry about it. I just called somebody. But if there's a problem at the house, whose problem was it? I couldn't call that guy anymore, could I? It was my problem. And I'm so thankful for the increase but each child costs more money. <laughs> With increase comes issues. I wouldn't give up any of the increase, but if I don't think that there aren't gonna be issues coming with it, I'm foolish. Does that make sense? 
So realize that because sometimes when God blesses our lives, and we'll see this as we go through this story, we start to think that that blessing means everything's gonna be easy. But if you want increase, know that increase comes with issues. And that in those moments, in those issues, we have to trust that God is working something out in our lives, which leads us to something that, that happens in this passage of scripture and that we talked about last year. I think it was right after Easter last year. We spent several weeks talking about this, that sometimes you are building for blessing. That there are moments in your life when what God is doing, whether you realize it or not, through change, through, through conflict, in, in your character, in all these moments, he's building something in your life that's an infrastructure so that now you have a foundation that wasn't there before so that he can pass on a whole other weight of blessing into your life. He can give you blessing that you couldn't handle before until you built something up for that. Sometimes you are being built for, sometimes you are building for blessing. That with those issues, what God is awesomely doing is preparing you for more increase. You just might not be able to see it at the time. When you read Acts chapter six, it's incredibly boring, <laughs> right? There's nothing interesting about widows squabbling until you realize, and we'll, we'll, we'll dig into this next week, that without Acts chapter six, you don't get what happens in seven, eight, nine, and 10. Like there was a foundation built in the scripture we're looking at today that propels the church forward in the future. It may seem boring, but it's often the boring that leads to blessing. Sometimes God is doing the structural before he does the supernatural. And he's working that out in your life. You want the supernatural? Well, God sometimes does the structural in your heart. And we talked about this quite about a bit last year. That God will do the structural before he does the supernatural. Why stress this? Because in those moments when I don't know what to do, and I'm frustrated or I'm disappointed or I'm unsure, I need to ask God for wisdom so I don't let the issues of the moment keep me from the increase he wants to bring. Your perspective will chart your path. How you see that moment will make all the difference in the world. So when you face opposition, remember that it might be through that opposition that God's actually bringing opportunity first kind of observation from Acts chapter six. So let's jump back into the text. Acts chapter six, verse two, here's what happens next. So the 12, those are the, the leaders in the church, the disciples. So the 12 gathered all the other disciples, all the followers of Jesus together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. One of the things that's really interesting here is to realize that God has given them divine wisdom to know how to deal with an issue that they've never dealt with before. That's key here. Brothers and sisters, they say, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and, what's our word? Wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. In this moment, you not only see the disciples, the, the 12 given wisdom, you see them say, we need to find individuals who are filled with the spirit and wisdom. Wisdom is key here, and if you need it, what we learn, number two, is that God gives wisdom by his spirit. If you need wisdom in your life, God gives wisdom by his spirit. 
Here's why that's important. Because <laughs> oftentimes when I try to do it by myself, what I do is not wise, instead it's dumb. Anybody? <laughs> like that just happens. We say, oh, this is a good idea. And if we're not thinking, we might take a good idea and have it be destructive in our lives. There was a guy in Connecticut just a couple of weeks ago when all the snow kind of whipped through our part of the country and, and headed up there when they got hammered with some snow. He, he was trying to think of a good way to get rid of it all in his driveway. And it wasn't long before he had to call 911. And the fire department came. And on their way there, the fire department was notified that, that they were gonna put out a fire that was on the external wall of the house because this man had been trying to clear the snow in his driveway with a flamethrower. So he's out there with a flamethrower. Some of you are like, why didn't I think of that? I'm building one tonight, right? I mean, you're like, forget the Super Bowl, flamethrower time, right? He caught his house on fire. So the fire department in this city, they put out a, a notice on Facebook that read, we do not recommend the use of flamethrowers or any similar devices as an attempt to melt ice. To which some people said, I still think it's a good idea, right? <laughs> Apparently it's not. He thought it was a good idea. What he was lacking was wisdom. And sometimes when I think something's a good idea, I am wise to stop and say, God, will you help me with this? So I wanna look at what scripture says about wisdom, especially the connection between the wisdom of God and the Holy Spirit. But just a couple of thoughts before we get there. Some things maybe to consider. One is this, be careful not to confuse knowledge and wisdom, because they are not the same. Because I've known people who have lots of knowledge, but they're not wise. Does that make sense? Like we've, we live in a time where information is more available to us than it has ever been before. You ask me a question, I'll have you an answer in just seconds. Like we have all kinds of information. But I propose to you that our culture, our world is drowning in information and just hungry for wisdom. We got all kinds of knowledge, but what we need is true insight in those moments. Look, I, I'm not... Um, knocking education, I think you get as much knowledge and information as you can because it only feeds and fuels wisdom in your life. But know that sometimes wisdom is developed through experience and then it's displayed just through common sense. Sometimes that wisdom that comes to us isn't just knowledge that we have, it's, it's this experience and common sense. As, as, as I'm getting older, anybody else getting older? I know it doesn't look like it, but as I'm getting older... There's these moments where I look at other people and I go, why are they doing that? Because from deep in the depths of my pastoral heart, as a shepherd, sometimes I look at people and go, that's just dumb, right? <laughs> and I'm just like, why are they doing that? Because that's, that's dumb. That doesn't seem to be the right thing to do. And then I realize the reason I know that's dumb is because there was a time when I did that dumb thing. Anybody? <laughs> I know because of experience. I know because I was there, that's why I know. So the hope is that over time, that wisdom is building in us because we're open to letting the Holy Spirit not just allow us to see things, but to learn from those lessons. And it becomes kind of a sense of wisdom in our lives. One last warning before we jump back to the text, just so you know before you walk out of here or turn the service off today, the harder you try to be wise, the less you usually are. <laughs> Like the harder you try to show people I'm a wise person, I have lots of wisdom, you usually prove you're not. Have you ever noticed that? Wisdom isn't something that you force or you show. It's something that you allow the Holy Spirit to naturally develop in your life. 
What's this passage say? It says, you, you know, pick those among you who are known to be filled with the spirit and wisdom. They had a reputation. There was fruit that showed up in their life. Wisdom is confirmed by reputation. Like people will see it at work in your life and that wisdom that you have will be confirmed by that reputation. Not because you told someone that you were wise. They say, yeah, they're a real wise guy, right? But instead that wisdom that comes out. And know this, wisdom is protected by integrity. Why were these men chosen? Not just because they were wise, but because the people in the church knew we can trust them with our money. We can believe that they can handle this program. We know that they'll take good care of these people. They weren't just people who were wise, but their wisdom showed up because of the integrity in their lives. Build that integrity into your life. And know this, you can live a life fueled by wisdom for years and lose it all in a moment through a lack of integrity. So build that integrity into your life because the Spirit wants to bring you wisdom. Let's look at this, Ephesians chapter one. We'll, we'll look at the book of Ephesians quite a bit in this series because you're gonna see a thread that runs all through the New Testament between the work of the Spirit and what happens at the church in Ephesus, the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter one, verse 17, Paul prays for the church that he started and that he loves. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. It's interesting to see when he says, give you the spirit, he's not talking about a one-hit wonder. He's not talking about this just kind of one time that the spirit will come. He's not talking about just your salvation because later in the book, Paul will talk about those things theologically. He'll say that you received the spirit when you became a son or daughter of Jesus, of, of God through what Jesus did. He'll talk about those things. What he's talking about here is that when you need it, the spirit, like Jesus said, comes alongside of you and brings you this. So he says, I'm praying that on a regular basis, I'm praying that day by day, I'm praying that when you need it, that God's gonna give you the spirit of wisdom so that you will see and understand what's going on here in a way you couldn't without the spirit. And revelation, because he's gonna pull the curtain back on things that you couldn't see in the natural, and God is gonna show you, he's gonna give you insight, he's gonna, and, and, and we'll talk about this in a moment, but where's it happen? Is it happening in your gut, in your brain, in your heart? It's, it's the whole Holy Spirit that works in us and through his work in our lives gives us the wisdom and revelation, not only that we may know him better, but that we can live our lives with the courage for the calling he's given to us. Does that make sense? So his spirit works in that way. This isn't unusual for scripture to connect spirit and wisdom. Look at this, Exodus chapter 31, verse three. In the book of Exodus, God is describing those who will be craftsmen in building the tabernacle. And he says, and I have filled him with the spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills. He says, I've, I've filled him with these things. I've given it. And he connects the spirit of God with wisdom. Realize that the gifts and skills that God has given to you, that you'll use when you clock in tomorrow, the abilities that you have because God has entrusted those to you come through his spirit and he wants to give you the wisdom to go with it. Here's another example. Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse nine. Now Joshua, this is the, the, the guy we read about and our memory verse was about him. Now Joshua, son of Nun, do you, do you know how we know he was an orphan? 
He was the son of none. Sorry. Now Joshua, son of none, was filled with the spirit of wisdom. You were falling asleep, I had to do something. Now Joshua, son of none, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. There's this connection, they go hand in hand between how God works in our lives by his spirit and he brings his wisdom into our lives. If we were to move on in scripture and think about this, who, who would we say is the wisest man that ever lived? Anybody know it was King Solomon, right? That's, that's kind of the passage. First Kings chapter three tells us how Solomon kind of had this, this dream, this vision. God appears to him. And God says, Solomon, ask me for anything you want and I'll give it to you. And Solomon, who's the new king, says, God, I, I need a discerning heart so that I can lead these people well. And God says, I will do what you have asked. And I'll give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. What's this teach us? That if you need wisdom, ask God for it. Because he has it, and he'll give it. And you might say, well, that's cool, but I'm not the wisest person who ever lived. I'm not gonna be the king of anything. And why would God choose to bring me wisdom if I'm not gonna be that important, that, that special, my life's not gonna be that meaningful. Well, here's our, here's our scripture verse for this week. This is the one we're gonna memorize and learn together. James chapter one, verse five. I like the New Living Translation that says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will check to see if he has any to spare. Can I get an amen? It's not what it says. He says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Sometimes the, the enemy wants us to think, or sometimes just my brain wants me to think, that God's tired of me, or that if I ask him for wisdom, it somehow is a, a sign of weakness, or that he's too busy to help me, or that he'll be irritated that I don't trust him enough, or don't have enough faith, or however you might wanna fill it in, and James just says, look, he's not gonna rebuke you for asking. You're not gonna get in trouble for saying, God, I need help. If you need wisdom, you ask, because he's got plenty to spare, and he loves to give it to you. This is our verse this week. Let's read it together. James chapter one, verse five. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. This is the, the, the crux of what we're looking at here today. That when you face moments of opposition, issues, you don't know what to do. Realize that that may be the very moment, and that, this will even make more sense when we get to it next week. That may be the very moment that through that opposition, God is creating opportunity. And that if you ask, it's God's spirit that brings wisdom to us which takes us then to the, the third, the last part. Let's jump back in. Acts chapter six, verse five. This proposal, the idea of picking these individuals who were filled with the spirit and wisdom to come and take care of this issue that's happening with the feeding program, this proposal pleased the whole group. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and also Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles, who prayed and laid their hands on them. And watch what happens. Do you like a story with a happy ending? Because <laughs> remember, the story starts with increase, but then issues because the widows are arguing. But now, so the word of God spread, 
the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased. You, you see even more increase after they dealt with the issues, increased rapidly, and a large number of priests, those are the Jewish religious leaders, a large number of priests, even priests, became obedient to the faith. Here's what we see here. Number three, God-sent wisdom leads to God-sent results. And if you're looking for increase in your life, if you're looking for wisdom as a parent, if you're looking for discernment before you go to that doctor's appointment, if you need some kind of insight before you have to go to work tomorrow morning, if there's decisions you have to make or conversations you have to have or challenges you're facing, where you find it is from God. And we believe that that God-sent wisdom will lead to God-sent results. Why is that? Because life's issues find insight from God's wisdom. If you really need wisdom to know how to handle what you're up against, then that insight for life's issues is found in God's wisdom. It's key to navigating the areas of life. So you say, Chad, how do I, how do I find it? Well, well, ultimately it begins in this way that, that it starts with God's word. Like he's already given us a tool so that we can hear his voice and find wisdom for the issues that we're facing. And oftentimes I say, God, you haven't given me any wisdom. And he says, well, you haven't asked. When was the last time you opened your word? When was the last time that you took time, whether you do it on your phone, your tablet, or just a good old fashioned paper Bible? Do you remember paper, anybody? Right? When was the last time that you took time in God's word and listened I've got a couple of friends that every time we have a conversation, I never talk because I don't get a chance. Do any of you have friends like that? Like they do all the talking and never listen. And I think sometimes we just say to God, God, I need wisdom and you don't bring it. God, I need your help and I don't know how to find it. God, I don't know what to do and you never tell me. And he's saying, stop talking and listen. Like there's power. I honestly believe this. There's power just in being in God's word, he can speak to us through it. it it's this, this thing almost works like a radio that when I open God's word, I tune in to hear what the spirit's gonna say. Because I honestly say in just this moment, e even if I only have a moment, God, will you speak to me? Sometimes I, I, I read God's word on my iPad. Sometimes if I'm out of town or in a hurry, I might do it on my phone. Oftentimes, if I have the, the time, the, the, the presence, the ability, I've got, a, I've got a Bible at home that has real wide margins on the side. And I love to be able over there to just kind of, I'll, I'll, I'll read it with a pen in my hand, and I can underline things. And if God, God kind of drops a thought in my heart, I can kind of scribble it over here. You can do the same thing with the notes app on your phone or just a piece of paper. I'll tell you this, this, this works for me, and I've, I've shared this before, but I'm reading God's word, and sometimes he'll drop something in my heart. I'll write it down. Sometimes I'll put a date next to it to know that on this day, I can go back the next time I read that passage and see what God did. And oftentimes, I believe that as I hold this pen, it works like an antenna so that I can pick up what the Holy Spirit's bringing. Now, that's not in the Bible, right? Don't go look at He said antenna. That's not in there. No, this is the gospel according to Chad, but I'm telling you, it works. Because I'm sitting here with this pen going, God, I expect you to say something to me. God, I believe you're gonna speak to me through your word. Well, if I need wisdom, Chad, where do I start? I'd say the book of Proverbs, because it's known to be packed with wisdom. We've, we've shared this countless times. There's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, which most months makes it very easy for you to read through the whole book, if not almost the whole book. February's the wild card, isn't it? 
But if you said, okay, I'm gonna read the book of Proverbs, so on February 13th, I'm gonna read chapter 13, and if you go in with the heart to say, God, I believe you're gonna speak wisdom to me through this, I have not been disappointed to know that his spirit speaks to us through his word. And he brings these God-sent results when he brings us his God-sent wisdom. And there will come these moments when you're gonna come face to face with the challenge and you'll say, I know I'm gonna need wisdom in that moment. I'm gonna need wisdom from God. That, that's why like, like reading God's word helps us to build up a kind of a storehouse of wisdom. We're banking credits over here so that we'll have it when we need it. When we pray and ask for wisdom, he brings it. And when we believe the spirit will come alongside of us in the moment when it's necessary, when our children ask that question, when we have to face that issue, when we need to make that decision, we believe the spirit will come alongside of us and help us. Look at this, Luke chapter 12 Jesus is talking to the disciples about difficult times that they will face. Times when they'll face persecution and challenges for living for him. And he says, when you're brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. When you come to that moment of crisis, you are not alone the Spirit is with you, and if you trust that he's the source of your wisdom, he'll teach you what to say. If I had been entrusted with teaching this, I would have said, for the Holy Spirit will send you an email at least a week in advance to tell you what you shall do. Anybody else? That's not the way it works. God says, look, I'll give you the anointing you need for the moment you're in, so stay close to me and trust me, so when that moment comes, you know me well enough that you'll hear the Spirit's voice and the Holy Spirit will teach you at just the right time what you should say and how you should respond. Some of you need to step into the rest of this week with the faith and confidence based on a verse like that that says, God, I need your wisdom and believe that the Holy Spirit will help you in your everyday life. Let's go back, end of the story real quick. Acts chapter six, verse seven. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Did you see what happened? They had increased, they dealt with issues and when they faced their issues with wisdom, God entrusted them with even more increase. If you want God to bring even more blessing into your life, if you wanna see his presence at work in your life, then we need wisdom to allow us to handle the issues so that we can be ready for increase. Issues addressed with wisdom lead to greater increase. Why do I stress this? Because you're gonna face issues. You're gonna need wisdom. And whether you're watching this on a screen, listening to this somewhere, sitting in auditorium too, or you're right here in this room, I know that for most of us, our heart is, God, I want to be faithful to the calling you've given. I wanna serve and see your hand at work in my life. And can I tell you, you can't do it without wisdom. I'll, I'll probably share more of this later in this series, but I, I can remember about 15 or so years ago, facing this issue that I knew I couldn't figure out on my own. And I had prayed about it for weeks. I had prayed about it for months. 
And I just, I didn't know what to do. And to be honest, I knew that no matter what decision I made, people would be upset. I knew that no matter what decision I made, people would leave the church. I knew it was on me to make the decision. And as I processed this, there came this one very significant point where I can just remember saying, Holy Spirit, I need your wisdom in this. And can I tell you that when the Holy Spirit came alongside of me and helped me and I sensed that direction and that wisdom, I not only knew what to do, but I had the courage to do it that I did not have before. Because that's what the Spirit does in our lives. Why do I stress this? Because without wisdom, we'll just go on doing it on our own and we will risk the fact that we will do harm to our lives and the lives of those around us that we will stay stuck with uncertainty and we will miss out on the blessings of God. And that is not what I want for you. There's a painting that was on loan to the Yeltsin Center. It's a museum that's about a day's journey east of Moscow in Russia. And you say, ooh, Q-tips, that's not what that is. It's a painting called The Three Figures and it's kind of a pretty classic kind of modern art painting in Russia. That painting, the original, is insured for a million dollars. So it has incredible value. It's typically um, housed at the, this, this main museum, art museum in Moscow, but it was on loan to this other little museum, uh, the Yeltsin Center. And so one day they had a new security guard who came in. And as he was doing his job one night, on his first day on the job, he looked at that painting. And he said to himself, I think I can help it. And so this is a before and after. If you notice, he added eyes with a ballpoint pen on those two. And I just think it's the funniest thing in the world. This guy did it. Did I tell you it was his first day on the job? It was also his last day on the job. He lost his job. They contacted the museum in, in Moscow. They said, send it back now. They weren't entrusted with the painting anymore. It has to go back. This thing's insured for a million dollars. So now they gotta see if they can salvage this thing of great worth. He loses his job, could face a hefty fine, and could even spend up to a year in jail because of what he did. All because he stepped back and said, I think I can fix this, and it wasn't very wise. My fear is that you'll look at those things you're facing right now in your life and you'll go, I got this. I think I can fix this. I think I can do it. And what you end up doing is doing great damage to something of great value. That for you, for your family, for your future, that a blessing that you could have had is somehow snatched out of your hands and that you lose out on what God has for you when instead, if you'll move with wisdom, just imagine what he can do. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me for just a moment? In this room, auditorium two, watching this on a screen somewhere, why are we doing this? Because I wanna take a really deliberate and quiet moment to go back to that verse we're gonna memorize this week to not just talk about it, but to act in faith on it. And that if anyone needs wisdom, that before this service ends, you have a chance to ask your generous heavenly father and believe that he's gonna bring it to you. I, I challenge you right now in your hearts, would you just stop 
and say, God, is there a place where I need your wisdom? For some of you, that's coming to your mind right away. For others of you, you need a moment to humble yourselves, to quiet our busy hearts, and let the Holy Spirit speak to you and say, hey, I've I've got some wisdom for you on that situation with your child. Or hey, I've got some wisdom for you on those decisions you're making with your finances. To be quiet long enough to hear the Holy Spirit say, you know, the way you're moving towards that temptation, it's just not wise. And to let the Spirit speak to your heart in this moment. A message like this is good for all of us because we all need wisdom. And maybe you're not facing a, a moment where you feel like it's a, it's a real issue that you need it. But I hope the things we've talked about today will let you stockpile some wisdom because there's a, there's a day that's coming when you will so that you already build into your life a rhythm of day by day saying, Holy Spirit, would you come alongside of me with your wisdom? And there's, there's some that are in this room that are watching this message. And as you've heard it, you've said to yourself, I don't just need wisdom, Jesus, I need you. I can't do life without you. And today I need to begin a relationship with Jesus. I need forgiveness for the things, the sins that have separated me from God. I need purpose in my life that can only come from God. So Jesus, I can't do it on my own anymore. I give you my life. If that's you in just a moment, I'm gonna ask you to respond with us. And I also wanna speak to those of you, I know it's not everybody, but I'm sure it's somebody who says, I need wisdom right now. I need wisdom in this moment. God, you know the thing that I have to decide about in my business. You know the thing that I'm facing in my home. You know the challenges that I have with my children or my parents. You know the, the struggle that's there in the workplace. You, you know that, that appointment with the doctor or you know that question that needs answered or that thing we've been praying about and you would just say, God, today we need wisdom. In just a moment, I'm gonna invite you to, to respond in auditorium two, if you're watching online and in this room, maybe you're sitting at home and, and you're getting this message by way of television that you would respond and that you, if you could, just stand where you are and say, God, I need your wisdom. You, you know the situation, you know the circumstance. But if you'd say today, God, specifically, I need wisdom, Holy Spirit, from you, would you stand right where you are? Go ahead and do that now. This, this physical response is just kind of our way of asking doing more than just believing, but putting our life, our situation, this moment of faith out for us. And if that's you, can I encourage you just to put your hands out in a posture to receive? Because he says, if you believe, then ask like you're, you're believing in faith and believe that you're receiving. I don't pray if there's anybody else, you, you, you might go, ah, I, don't, I don't like doing this kind of thing. You're in a room full of people who trust that God brings wisdom. And so if you're watching this, you're in this room and you need to stand, go ahead and just do it now. Just say, God, I need your wisdom in my life. Heavenly Father, thank you that your word says 
that if anyone needs wisdom, that we can ask and that you will generously pour it out in our lives. And so Spirit, in this moment, we pause to ask you. Lord, I stand with my friends, arms out, hands open, and saying, Holy Spirit, we need your wisdom. We need you to come alongside of us. We need your insight and your direction and your help. We need to know that in the places where you've given us influence and leadership, that you will also bring the wisdom to come alongside. So, so for the folks who are wondering, how, how are we gonna resolve this season in our marriage, in our family, that God, you would let them know that you are the one who will bring them wisdom. For the one who's making decisions about work, do, do we buy that house? Do we take that step? Do we, do we partner with that person? Do, do I continue in this relationship? All those questions that come in our lives, Lord, would you let us know that we don't make those decisions on our own, but that you'll bring wisdom. Lord, your word says that the steps of a righteous person are ordered of God. So Lord, would you order our steps as we trust in you? Father, your word tells us that those who trust in the Lord with all their heart, who lean not on their own understanding, but who acknowledge you in all their ways, that you'll make our paths straight. So Lord, would you give us wisdom? Would you direct us? Would you help us? Lord, your word says that you generously pour it out. So Father, I pray for the one who is, who is, who is not just praying that a situation will change, but that Holy Spirit, that you will come along inside of us and that you'll help us to see the situation from your point of view. Lord, there's someone who's hearing this message who has let the opposition, the difficulties that they've been facing, keep them from seeing what you might be doing. So this week, would you show them that even in opposition, you're bringing opportunity? Lord, there's someone who just needs insight, so would you show them that your spirit brings wisdom? And Lord, we can't wait to see the results that you'll bring, the increase that will come, because your God-sent wisdom is gonna bring God-sent results, and so we trust you with this. We ask you to work this out in our hearts and in our lives. Heavenly Father, we ask that by your spirit, you would give us wisdom for leadership. Lord, thanks for your word. I pray that this week we would walk in wisdom, and I pray, Holy Spirit, this week, we would begin in a way like we've never known before to know your Spirit's presence at work in our lives. Father, would you send us out with your special favor and with your wonderful peace? And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, one more time, can we thank the Lord for his word today? God bless you, thanks for being here. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.